Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Tammy Rains. Tammy is married to Josh, and they have two boys, Luke, who is nine, and Caleb, who is six. She's an x-ray tech in a cardiac health, no, cardiac cath lab, and a health esteem coach with Body. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, today, Tammy and I are talking about marriage and some of the things that her marriage has been through. So to start off, Tammy, will you share about how you and your husband met? Yes. So we actually met here at Green Acres in the singles ministry. And um, we actually kind of met in church service because all the singles sat in the same area and we kind of started sitting by each other. And then um, after sitting together in the singles Sunday school group, it wasn't called Connect Group back then, (laughs) but uh, just kind of getting to know each other through church and activities and The rest is history. I love that. (laughs) Such a fun way to meet somebody. Yes. Um, When did things start to shift in your marriage? So, well, first let me yes, let me rewind. How long did y'all date before you got married? We dated a year, so we dated for six months, and then we were engaged for six months. Nice. Yes. That's fast. Yes. But I was thirty when we got married, Uh and he was twenty-eight. So. Y'all were ready. Yes. And you had worked through what you wanted and yes. needed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, you get married and then things begin to shift. Tell us about that. So um, I would say our shift first started happening um, around 2016 or 2017. Our oldest was having some behavior issues in daycare. And long story short, he was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I had a very hard time dealing with that. And went through a very dark, depressing state because I blamed myself for everything. Mm -hmm. And through the course of that, Josh and I stopped communicating about certain things, mainly co-parenting, because we weren't agreeing. And so I would just stop coming to him about things, you know, and it just kind of became this wedge between us. Um, And then over time, that just built up until... 2019, when everything just kind of exploded. So how long had y'all had been, been married when it started? I guess five years. Okay. And then it started, and then it's kind of a three-year process of mm-hmm. building up and then exploding. Um, what did that look like? What was that breaking point? It came down to he was working longer hours at work, Mm -hmm. and after about six weeks of that, and I knew we weren't in a happy place because I had been praying for over a year for God to fix my marriage, but I wanted God to, like, snap his fingers and Mm -hmm. fix it. Mm -hmm. I never went to Josh about any of it. I never—I just prayed. I was like, Mm -hmm. just fix it. Like, Mm -hmm. I know we could be happier. I know a happier marriage is possible. Like, Mm -hmm. I could see it. You know, what you think you see in other people's yeah. marriages, because who really knows? You see the Instagram real highlights. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, we could have that. So God just do it. <laughs> and so it was December of 2019, and I had kind of been questioning him because he'd been working longer hours. Um, you know, is everything okay? And anyways, he came home one day and he said, you know, just told me how unhappy he was mm-hmm. and that he thought we needed to start counseling. And so, which was 
I don't know if it was such a taboo topic back then. It seemed like it to me because mm-hmm. I for sure wanted to do counseling. But yet, like I said, I prayed for us leading up to this, but I never once suggested counseling because what will people think? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, everyone needs an annual mental health checkup, just like you get a physical health mm-hmm. checkup. I'm like, mm-hmm. everybody needs to go to counseling at some point. Oh, it's game changer. It is a game changer. Mm-hmm. And so... I remember leaving a message. Um, I got the name from a friend for a therapist. And so I called him and I left this message and I was like, my husband and I just need some help. We're going to be fine, but we just need some help. Mm-hmm. And so we got an appointment for January 1st, 2020. And I was like, oh, this is a great sign. Like mm-hmm. this year is going to be phenomenal. The year. Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. And so we go to the therapy appointment and we both liked him. We came out like we both had good things to say about it. And then in the course of two weeks... Josh moved out. Yeah. And so he was just, he didn't like therapy. It's did like, y'all keep going to therapy? I kept going after that. He did not. Okay. And so, and in hindsight, like, his demeanor had changed. Like, he had kind of become not the man I married. Mm-hmm. And that was becoming more evident. And um, so he moved out two weeks later. And then just the rough timeline he filed for divorce in April. It was final in August. Um, but there was a definite, like, once he moved out until he filed, like, I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know if we were going to get divorced. I didn't know if we were just going through a separation season. Like, I called that season the in-between because mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue. And I prayed some of the most fiercest prayers you could ever pray. Like, I remember pacing the lobby of my therapist's office, just praying for God to tear down the walls around Josh's heart like he tore down the walls around Jericho. Like, Mm -hmm. just constant praying for reconciliation um, for Josh's heart, for our family. Like, I was just—I felt like on my knees all the time, just praying. And then I also— Got to a point, I remember telling Josh, like, we either need to go to therapy or you need to file for divorce because I cannot live like this for the rest of my life. In the in-between. Yes, in the Mm -hmm. in-between. It's just heart-wrenching. And so in April, he filed for divorce. And once I was served papers, I was angry. Like, I knew there was a good chance it was coming. I mean, I was like 99% sure this is what was going to happen. But it's like a switch flipped. And I was so angry, so frustrated. And it just kind of like consumes you. You feel like you wake up every day and you're going to the same funeral every day of the death Mm. of your marriage. And over time, it's just exhausting. Did y'all have a support system or any community at that time? Well, this is also when COVID happened, right? (laughs) So um, I can remember my therapist because I would go almost weekly and he would ask me, like, how is COVID affecting you? You know, you work in healthcare. How is COVID affecting you? I was like, not to be insensitive, but I kind of don't care about COVID. Like my personal life is exploding and falling apart. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sensitive to it. But anyway, um, not the top of the what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And so, which thankfully, so I kept going to our Couples Connect group (laughs) because they were my family. And um, did they know what was going on? The teachers did. Steve and Marta Fitzpatrick Mm -hmm. are amazing. Um, They knew what was going on. And a couple of people who were close to me knew what was going on. Um, But thankfully, like the ladies in the class, we did like a Zoom Bible study. So I was able to keep connected through that and talk to other ladies. And um, I did have a couple of close girlfriends that were, you know, my support system. 
And thankfully, my job didn't shut down completely. Like, I still went to work Mm -hmm. part-time and— and because of COVID, I also had extra time with my babies, mm-hmm. which was so Were needed. they living with you? Yes. So they were six and three at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, my six-year-old understood what was going on, saw the raw emotions because we were together 24-7. Like we had a lot of hard conversations, which I'm so thankful for because we had a lot of God conversations and in the course of all that, a year later, he accepted Christ and became oh, a Christian. And I know, I mean, it would have happened eventually, but I think it's kind of through that process. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we had a lot of hard God. Well, he has a solid foundation of, I've seen hard things and know what God can do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now he's seen the whole testimony of his father. Like, it's really cool. Um but uh, my youngest one, you know, he was three. So he was just upset that daddy was gone. That's all he really understood. Yeah. So your husband filed for divorce. You're angry. Um, what happens after that? So that summer, my parents took me and my sons to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And it's some place we went to all the time when I was a little girl. And so we went back there. And every morning, my dad and I would get up and go out on the deck overlooking this pretty lake, and we would, like, individually have our Jesus time. Mm-hmm. And um, But we would also have a conversations, obviously, about what was going on. My dad had been married once before my mom and had two kids from that marriage. And so he's the wisest man I know. And I'm just so thankful I got to have that time with him and have those conversations with him. Um Both of my parents are amazing, but they just helped me so much during that season. And it was while I was there, I felt like God was telling me, like, you have to forgive Josh because you are angry. Your heart is getting hardened. And this is not who I created you to be. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not from me. And so a lot of prayer. And I was like, okay, God, I forgive him. I forgive him. And it was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I still had moments where I got angry or got frustrated, and grief will come out of nowhere and knock Mm -hmm. you down. But that underlying tension of just always, I'm not an angry person anyways, Mm -hmm. but it was just bitter. Yes, Mm -hmm. that bitter Mm -hmm. tension was gone. And so so then um, the divorce was final in August. And so that felt like the funeral's over. You know, the chapter is closed. I can move on as far as I'm just going to focus on being a single mom, how to do that. Um, This whole time I was pouring into my relationship with God. Like that's another thing because of COVID, I could have ample time to do Bible studies. I remember the weather. It was like the most beautiful summer I think we've Mm -hmm, ever had. mm -hmm. And so I could go outside and my boys could play and I could just there and read and do Bible study. I probably did more Bible studies that year than I've done since I've had kids. Like it's just, yes, it was such a sweet season. And that's what um, I still say. Like it was a hard season, but it was a sweet season and I would not give it up for anything. What did your mindset look like in that? Like you said, you had to give it to the Lord to help with that bitterness. But how did you continually choose the things of the Lord instead of bitterness and anger? So just continually choosing joy. That's one thing he has taught me over and over and over again. It does not matter what is happening to you. You can always choose joy. So that's like my life motto. Um, But just every day surrendering, every day opening up his word, praying, turning to him. When grief hits you, turn to him. Like so many songs spoke to me. The song Waymaker, um, 
I don't know if it just became popular during that season or it just became on my ears mm-hmm. during that season, but I sang that so many times, even when I can't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Like I sang those words so many times through tears because I didn't see him working, but I knew he was working. Um, my oldest and I continued to pray for Josh through all of this. Um, even once the divorce was final, he's always the father of my kids. Yeah. He's always going to be in my life. And my kids deserve to have a godly father figure in their lives. And um, so Josh, my oldest and I always prayed for Josh throughout all of this because he is the father of my kids. He's always going to be the father of my kids, but also as my brother in Christ. Like now I realized, and I think even then I realized because his, like I said, his demeanor had changed. Like he was going through something Mm -hmm. that he didn't necessarily open up to me at the time, but like to hear his his own story and his own journey now, like he was kind of going through his own depressing state and listening to the voices in his head or the lies of the enemy and, mm-hmm. you know, just going down his own path. And but I still I mean, I knew like he's a child of God. Mm-hmm. You know, he's my brother in Christ, which is such a different attitude to treat someone. And at that point, like an ex in your life or somebody that's wronged you or whatever as a brother in Christ, somebody made in the image of Christ and not like what the world is saying with this revenge culture of Mm -hmm. you should hate them and try to get back at them and slander them publicly and all the things like that is not what Christ's word teaches us. Exactly. And so I love how your attitude in all of this is very Mm Christ-minded. So y'all finalized your divorce in August. Um, I'm just curious, did you keep going to your couples connect group? (laughs) So, uh, no, which I would obviously now we're back with them. I love them so much. But there was a study being advertised at Green Acres called single parenting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is me. That's where I need to be Mm -hmm. because I don't know what I'm doing. And that was with the single parents connect group. Mm -hmm. And so I joined that and met some amazing single moms. And um, the teachers were amazing, too. But we went through that single parenting class, and then um, in the spring, I did divorce care up mm-hmm. here at Green Acres with Mavita Markle, who's amazing, and met more amazing women. And um, But I feel like you have to make that choice to go to these classes, to go learn these things, to meet other women who are going through the same thing that you're going through, because they became my support group, and they knew what I was going through because they were going through it too. Mm -hmm. You know, we Mm -hmm. could kind of help each other out through different seasons and different phases. Um, So it's, it's incredible how the Lord just brings people into our lives. It is. We need it. It is. So through all that, um, and I know your story now, our listeners may not all know your story, but when did reconciliation and that process begin? So I can remember, as early as Christmas, Josh and I went in together to buy a Nintendo Switch for my, our oldest. This is after the August where you were divorced. Yes. The fall so August Christmas. we're divorced. Okay. So like a few months later, we went in together to buy this. And I let him come over because I had set up some major boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> with the house. Um, but he came over and so he could see them open gifts. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. I don't hate him. I'm not in love with him. I don't hate him. It's like we're two friends sitting here watching kids we love, our kids, open presents. I mean, I don't maybe want to sit here all day with him, but, you know, I was like, I don't hate him. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that was huge. And then around February, so every Wednesday evening, he would come over and pick up the boys for a couple of hours um, as part of like the visitation. And the weather was starting to get nicer and he was starting to like stay at the house or like play with them outside um, during those two hours and order pizza. And I mean, he would ask, you know, do you care if I just stay here and, you know, let them ride bikes outside? And I was fine with it. And it's like each week he just started hanging around more Mm -hmm. and kind of going back to being the old Josh, you know, like he had a sense of humor back. He was just, I don't know. It was like old Josh was back. And so, um, but I still had the boundary of, because there was one night I remember I told him I was, because I could tell something was wrong. And I was like, if you want to talk to me, you can, but you don't have to. Mm Because, you know, I'm like, there's very much still a boundary here, but I'm here if you need me, you know, just kind of. Which, quick question on that, Mm -hmm. Miss little side detour. What boundaries did you set up? Like, how did you know what boundaries would be healthy? Well, I think at first it was more out of anger, but Mm -hmm. uh, because I stayed in the house, like I never moved. Mm -hmm. And so once he moved out, I was like, okay, you cannot come in my house. Well, then COVID happened. And so he would come over to watch the boys when I would go to work. So obviously he had to come in the house. Yeah. Um, But once COVID was over, I was, you know, I just, he couldn't come in the house. Like it was too hurtful to me Mm -hmm. to see him in our, I mean, it was just, I couldn't do it. Um, Other than that... That's the main boundary I can think of Mm -hmm. just because that was my space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to he'd come over. Something was obviously off. You asked him about it. What next? Yes. And so he didn't really tell me anything that night, but I could just tell there was like a struggle going on internally. And then um, it was in April. He came over and just broke down like it was a Saturday afternoon he broke down and um the boys were like eating pizza and so I took him in the backyard and you know I was like what's going on and he just apologized and he told me you know I've repented I'm going back to church I'm in therapy I'm so sorry for everything I've done to you and um I could the fact that I could tell him like Josh I've already forgiven you and I remember he looked up and like the look on his face was like, what? And I was like, I forgave you last summer. And I don't even think he knew what to say to that. And so um, we had a lot of, you know, long conversations, hard conversations. He even went to my parents' house and apologized to them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And called his parents and apologized to them. And um, it's just beautiful how God works. It like, gives me chills. I know. I know. Um But because I had done a lot of healing, I mean, like I said, I was to the point where I'm going to figure out how to be a single mom. God and I were on this journey, like, Mm -hmm. let's do this. So um, when he apologized in all of this, it wasn't like a, okay, great. Like, yeah, we should do therapy. Do you want to move home today? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like, no, like I knew a lot of work needed to be done. A lot of therapy needed to be done. Was he asking for a relationship again in that? Or was it just an apology? It was just an apology at that point, um, and he mentioned he wanted us to go to couples therapy when I was ready. Mm-hmm. Like, he was very much through this whole process, like, we will move at your speed mm-hmm. um, because we 
I we were not going to go back to the marriage we had before. Yeah. And our marriage now, like we call it Josh and Tam 2.0. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of work. But um, so that summer we started doing couples therapy with the initial therapist we started with way back mm-hmm. when. So like he knew our whole story. Um, and he's amazing. But um, and then we started talking like I remember one day I was like, OK, so uh, what are we doing? You know, and he was like, I know. Anyways, so we decided because we both knew at this point after, like I said, all the work, all the therapy that we wanted to get remarried. Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided to do it. Our initial wedding date was September 24th, 2011. So we got remarried on what would have been our 10th anniversary. So 2021, September 24th. I love that. Yes. And we used our same preacher that we used initially, Brian Grant, who was the singles minister uh-huh. here. So he saw me through the whole single mom uh. situation. And he just loves our, him and his wife, Stacy. love our boys so much. We love them so much. And so we just had like a little ceremony in our backyard um, with our families and Brian and Stacy, And it was beautiful. So how long were y'all divorced before you got married? Um, so I guess we were divorced for... 13 months. Okay. Because it was August of 2020 and then remarried in September of 2021. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So cool how the Lord has just um, used your story and yes. used your marriage to bring himself glory and reconcile y'all and all of it. Um, what has marriage looked like since reconciliation? It is, I feel like, how God intended marriage to be. I mean, we are not perfect by any means, but we definitely come with every word we say, with every action we do, like we try to treat each other like children of God because Mm -hmm. that's what we are. And so we definitely are careful as to what we say, what we do, like we think about it instead of just reacting, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And we continue to do uh, Bible studies together or book studies together, like we continuously want to grow in Christ together. Like our therapist um, uses this visual of like a triangle, God's at the top and then we're at the bottom mm-hmm. in the separate corners. And as we are growing to Christ, like we'll grow together. Mm-hmm. And I love that analogy. Um, but that is our goal. I love that. What encouragement would you offer a woman who feels like her marriage is falling apart? I would tell her to turn to God, to pray, to find a Christian therapist, because there are some things we just need a physical human to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, There are books I would recommend. uh, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst Mm -hmm. is my favorite book after the Bible. I recommend that to Everyone who asks me for advice, um, but just to pray, listen to God, and follow Him, trust Him, because He has the best thing for you, whether you realize what the best thing is or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I never in a million years would have said, oh, I wish we'd get divorced so we could have a great marriage. I just wanted God to fix it. But in hindsight, I wouldn't take away the divorce. I wouldn't take away any of it because what we have now is so beautiful. And we both had to be broken down Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. God to rebuild us. And we also had to accept um, that we needed to be rebuilt. You know, like we had to turn to God. You have to make that decision um, to let God work in you and through you. I love that. 
So cool. Well, Tammy, thank you for sharing your story and your encouragement to our listeners. Okay, so we have two questions that we ask every guest. What is something you're learning and what is something you're loving? So something I'm learning is to align my heart with God's. Mm. We And I get so wrapped up sometimes in like what the world tells you you need. And mm-hmm. it could be something stupid as like mascara. Yep. But, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole ads and the influencers on Instagram. But I just want to align my heart with God's and to be content in all things, not wanting what's bigger and better. Um, like I said, as defined by the world, but just surrendering to him daily and just following where he leads. Because there are things I've been praying for, like we were talking about, and he's opening those doors. And my first reaction is, oh, no, that's mm-hmm. not for me. Like, I can't do that. And he's like, yeah, you can and you will. And here we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. What is something you're loving? I am loving routines. Um, So I've started like a morning routine where I get up super early and I have my Jesus time. Um. And then after work, I do my workout, which um, one thing I'm also passionate about, I guess I should have mentioned, is mental health, obviously, uh-huh, with therapy. Uh-huh. But something my therapist asks me every week is, are you working out because of how they correlate and mm-hmm. how important that is for it's you? It's crazy doing research on how connected our bodies are. It is. It is. Just different aspects of our lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all of it. Yes. I mean, it's my therapy still mm-hmm. to this day. And then um, in the evenings after dinner, if all the homework's done, we, the four of us, sit down and play a board game. And I love that. That's so fun. Do y'all have any particular board games that you play? Um, Everything. We did Monopoly uh, last night. That's awesome. The fast version. During you know. COVID, my husband and I played Monopoly a few times because you're at home. Like, Yeah. What are you going to do? And he went to jail every opportunity <laughs> you could go to jail. Like every card that he drew, oh, every no. like time he could land on that space he did. And so he was like, I'm done with this game. I kept getting the community chest. Yes. Everybody else is getting properties and uh-huh. I keep getting the uh-huh. community chest. I'm you like, know? oh. Just, some of the times it just cycles you. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, Tammy, thanks for being here and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.